yourselves. How many of you like being by yourselves and going fishing by yourself? Um, there's some people that are like that. Um, what we're looking at fishing as is a corporate activity, a corporate sport. Uh, I talked to, to Matt Higa. He's a, he's a commercial fisherman, and he never goes on the boat alone. He takes a whole team with him, and they, they pull in thousands of pounds of fish, tons of fish, and, and they do it as a team. And so when, uh, when there's a big, a big catch to be made, it helps to have team. And so as a church, we're, we're looking toward Easter and we're looking in the next four weeks that God wants to use us corporately uh, to work together as a team to reach the harvest that God has on this island. And so um, I'm teaming up with Pastor Eddie, my dad, and we're going to uh, talk about the first, the first message, which is bless, uh, how to be a blessing to our community uh, as we jump into this Let's Go Fishing series. So could you give a hand to Pastor Eddie? Okay, let's pray together. Father, we just ask your blessing on our time as we would open our hearts to be sensitized to what your spirit wants to accomplish and do through our lives, where we're at, in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, and with the shoulders that we touch and uh, rub against throughout the week, and ask that you would work in every single one of our hearts that, uh, that there is a divine intention of using us where we are to glorify your name and to transform the world. Bless this time together, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, <clears throat> amen. Uh, we want to talk about Jesus' strategy to transform the world. And this is coming from Luke chapter 10, verse 1 to 12. And when Jesus came and gave his life and commissioned us to be able to touch the world and transform the world, <clears throat> there was only a handful of people at that time, 2,000 years ago, uh, the church went from 120, 2,000 years ago, to uh, 7 billion people today. A third of them are Catholics, a third of them are evangelicals, and a third of them are Pentecostal charismatics all across the world. So one out of every three persons in the world are believers right now. I mean, it, this is an amazing, uh, amazing thing. If there would be any kind of leadership uh, uh series that we do, we should be doing a series on how Jesus lived his life to become a leader that has transformed the world. And this is what Jesus said when he, when he uh, went to his disciples who were fishermen. And he says, I want you to follow me and I will teach you how to fish for men. How many of you realize that God called you where you were at in order for you to be able to be an infl a positive influence where you are with the people that you rub shoulders with so that they can come to know who Jesus Christ is. And I, I realized that when I, when I first became a Christian in high school uh, as a 10th grader and realized this is my mission field, is my school. You know, the, my classmates were my mission field. God wanted to touch every single one of them. Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Luke chapter 10 begins with this, and this is what uh, Pastor John just really did a good job in last, last week. He's, he said, chapter 10, verse 1, begins with after this. Everybody say, after this. So, after this means that there was something before this, right? So, he's saying, after this, then he, he, he begins to send his disciples out, two by two, and he makes this comment. He says, the harvest is plentiful, the are few. So, what do you do if 
And I believe that that's true. There are people hungry for Jesus all around us. And you'll see what, what I mean when we get into the scriptures this morning. And Jesus says, this is the first thing that you need to do. You need to pray. I don't know how many of you, how many of you have people on your heart that you want to see come to know Jesus Christ? How many of you have people on your heart that you want to see come to know Jesus? Do you have a list of them? Do you put them down and do you pray for them? See, without praying for them, there's all kinds of uh, strategies of the enemy to keep them uh, bound, keep them uh, locked up and in prison, and only prayer can break those chains and open their hearts. Jesus, the first thing Jesus says is, pray the Lord of the harvest. Take these people and lift them up in prayer. And you know what will happen? This is really amazing. You know, I would do this, and the people I pray for wouldn't come to know the Lord. But I'd be walking in, uh, I remember walking in Walmart one day, and an old friend I never shared the gospel with, I just played tennis with him, comes walking up to me and says, Eddie, um, when's your service? And I'm thinking to myself, why is he asking me about this? I said, it's at, um, I think it was 9 o'clock at that time. So it's 9 o'clock. He said, okay, I'll see you there. Okay. okay. And he shows up. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what's going on? I, God will, and he came to know the Lord, gave his heart to the Lord, faced a marital problem, and realized he needed to come to know Jesus in his life. God, God has his hands on so many, as long as we pray, God can break down the barriers. Pray is the first thing. Um, this is interesting. George Mueller uh, was a Christian businessman, prayed regularly, never asked anybody for anything. God placed orphans on his heart. And during his lifetime, he cared for 10,000 orphans. He established 117 schools that educated 120,000 kids in his lifetime. He never asked for a single dollar, but millions came pouring into the coffers of his, of his uh, ministry. And when he died, they opened up his prayer journal. And every, he, he would list down the people, the, the issues, the needs with a date and an item and the date when it was answered. And they opened his diary and they looked at it and there were two or three people he was praying for that there was no answer to. And they thought, People looked at him and said, well, what's going on? You know, he, he is so effective in praying. And, and within two years after he died, these people came to know Jesus Christ. You know, things might not happen in our lifetime, but they will happen in God's time. Jesus' strategy to transform the world uh, is, to be, is listed in chapter 10. But before he lists it, he says, the scripture says, after these things. What is after these things? referring to. Uh, you know that people uh, res respond to us based on the way that we treat them. You realize that? You know, if you don't like certain people, I, I think it, it, there's an aura about you so that they realize you don't like them and they don't like you, you know? And, and there are issues that we face in our own lives with how people, uh, how people deal with us. People reflect how they are treated. Uh, I picked up this years ago of, a, of the Korean War and the American soldiers that would hire 
uh, little Korean boys to do work in their home. And um, they, this one Korean uh, boy worker in the home, this uh, uh, house servant, just had this unbelievable attitude. You know, they, so the soldiers, American soldiers, decided to play a trick on him. They nailed his shoes to the floor, and he'd get up in the morning, and he had to pull the nails out with pliers, slip on the shoes, and then he just smiled through the day. They put grease on the uh, stove handles, and he'd wipe each one off and smile and sing through the day. And uh, they'd balance buckets of water over the door, and he'd open the door and get drenched. And he would just dry off, change his clothes, never fuss. Time and time again, he had this real cheerful attitude. Finally, these soldiers were so ashamed that they were just doing tricks after tricks after tricks on him. They came up to him one day and said, you know, uh, we want you to know that we're never going to do these tricks again. Your attitude has been just so outstanding. And so he said, you mean no more nails uh, in my shoe to the floor? And they said, no more. You mean no more stickies on the stove knobs? And they said, no more. You mean no more water buckets on the door? They said, no more. Okay, then, uh, no spit in the soup. <laughs> People will respond to us how we treat them. And this is a really interesting story. And this was an insight that I got as I'm studying this because Jesus, uh, as he listed the proper way for us to be able to touch people's lives, Luke says it's after this incident. And so we go back to chapter 9 and we find this incident. And it's a real interesting story. Jesus sends messengers ahead of him who went into the Samaritan village to get things ready. And the people there did not welcome him. So when we look at that, we say they rejected Jesus' disciples. They must have a bad attitude. They, they got terrible things going on in their hearts. They're ungodly. They... They have no moral standards, and so that's why they rejected him. And then the disciples of Jesus come to Jesus, James and John. Uh, I don't know if you realize this, but uh, they're the, the, the sons of thunder is what the Bible calls them, you know. Their attitude was terrible. And when they saw this happening, they come to Jesus, and they say, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven so we can destroy the Samaritan village? You know what was expressed in their hearts? They didn't really care for the Samaritans. Jesus says, go and prepare the way. I, I want to come to them uh, and work with these Samaritan people because they're ready. And I think in the disciples' minds, they thought, these guys will not respond to Jesus. In fact, they don't even deserve to have Jesus come to them. And when they went to prepare the way, their hearts were not compassionate. They weren't loving. And it is exposed by the response they get. And they said, let's just wipe them off the face. You ever feel like that about some people? You know, life would be better without them. You know, my, my job would be better without these kinds of employees. You know, my neighborhood would be better without these folks. And people will catch those kinds of attitudes in our hearts. And we've got to watch our hearts you know what's really interesting? A short while later, Jesus goes by himself to Samaria. He doesn't send his disciples. He goes by himself because he knows 
that the Samaritans are ready, but the disciples fouled it all up by their attitude. And he goes there to a woman they wouldn't even socialize with, whose heart was open, John chapter 4. And that entire village turns to Jesus. Did something happen in, in, the, in that short period of a year or half a year? What, what happened? It was because Jesus had compassion and he had love. What, what was, this is Jesus' response. He looks at his disciples and he says, you don't know what kind of spirit is motivating your life. That I have not come to destroy, I've come to save. Well, what kind of representatives were the disciples? They had a critical spirit in their hearts. They saw all the bad things about these Samaritans. They were complaining between each other as they were going to uh, accomplish this mission. They say, oh, you know, we had this Samaritan person work for us, and we had these encounters. They're terrible people. They were condemning them. They say, you know, the Romans should just come and wipe them out. Uh, they were comparing themselves with the Samaritans. And they got, as a response, the attitude that they had towards them. Jesus got a different kind of response. So what Jesus did was he said, this is the way that you do it, guys. Don't do it the way you've been doing it. And he begins to list his strategy to touch the world and change the world. And he says, you need to bless them. You need to fellowship with them. You need to pray for them. And then you get the opportunity to preach to them, to share my love with them. The first thing you need to do is to bless them. So this is what he says in verse 5 and 6. He said, into whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this household. If a peaceful person lives there, your peace will rest on him. And if not, it will return to you. The first thing he says is have a positive attitude toward these people. Love them. Be motivated by compassion. And bless them. Speak God's peace into their lives. Uh, I, I remember one of the first times I heard this whole lesson that this lady from the mainland came and was teaching us. And she said she, was, she, she and her husband moved into this neighborhood, and it was filled with uh, uh, people that they just didn't get along with. And what was worse was across the street was a drug home, and there was cars coming in and out of that, uh, that home constantly, and they knew that they were dealing drugs. And so they prayed, Lord, get, the, get rid of these people. You know, we don't want to have people living around us like this. And then God dealt with them when they understood they needed to speak peace to every single home. <laughs> and she and her husband decided, we're just going to walk around this neighborhood and pray for every single one of these homes and ask for God's blessing and God's peace on them. And all of a sudden, one day, she hears a knock on her door. And the guy across the street that owns the home for uh, this drug business is standing at her doorway, and she's thinking, oh, oh, what is he here for? And she just said, Lord, help me. She opened the door, and the guy says, um, you guys are really good people, and I'm facing a problem. And he began to pour his heart out that he was so frustrated with life, so depressed, he wanted to hang himself. And when he tried hanging himself, the rope broke. And... She in invited him into the kitchen, listened to his story, prayed for him. He became a Christian. He accepted Jesus into his life. And in a few months, that drug home closed. It got sold to a nursery. 
it changed into a, a, a nursery business. The neighborhood changed, and everything changed about that neighborhood because of the attitude that changed in her heart. God wants to change your business, your workplace, everything that you're involved with, and he'll do it by changing your heart and changing your attitude. Why does God want us to do that? It's because that's who he is. When he created man and woman, he showed us what his heart is like. The first thing he did with his creation, the Bible says in Genesis 1.28, is that he blessed his creation, and he's never stopped having that attitude. Jesus came with that same attitude. The Son of Man has not come to destroy life, but to save life. That's God's attitude. And he wants us to have that same heart like he has, to get rid of criticism in our life, to get rid of complaining in our life, to get rid of condemnation in our life, and to get rid of comparisons in our life. Open your heart and say, Lord, if there's criticism in my heart towards others, it's going to cause a barrier. Is, is, there a, uh, is there a heart of comparison where I'm looking at somebody else better than these people and wanting them to be like that, and so it's causing a barrier? You know, do I, do I wish evil on them because they're such terrible people? Lord, forgive me for that. And just open your heart and say, Lord, help me. Help me to do what you've asked me to do. Help me to bless those that you desire to touch. Amen. Can you do that? <laughs> All right. Can you give a hand for Pastor Eddie? I look at this, this step of blessing as in two parts. One is blessing with our heart, and the other is blessing with our hands. And it's, it's uh, one thing to bless with our hands, like you see somebody and then you bless them. It's another thing to bless with the heart. And I love what Pastor Eddie shared with us this morning, that it all starts with our heart. And we, how many of you have a hard, a difficult time with difficult people? How many have a difficult time with difficult people? Anyone? And how do you change your heart? The thing is, you can't change your heart. God has to change your heart. And that's why we pray. I remember when we were uh, reaching out to the high school campuses, the only thing that gave me a burden for high school was when I would go to the, the high school, sit in the parking lot, and pray for all of these different high schools and actually pray for it. Look at these kids walking around and pray that God's, God's spirit would fall in them and change their hearts, change their minds. And, and as I started praying, then a burden started developing in my heart. It's like when we pray for other people, God's heart begins to download into ours. And so we can do all the formulas as a church and, and put different programs together, but if our heart is not for people who don't know Christ, then it doesn't matter. Oh, it's funny because I, I have a dog now. I never thought I would have a dog because I, I, I really am not an animal lover. I'm not the kind of person that likes animals, but my son really wanted a dog, and so you know we, he took care of his grandma's dog for a while, and so because I made a deal with him, I said, okay, we'll, we'll buy you a dog. So but you know what's really interesting about dogs is they have this amazing sixth sense of who likes them and who doesn't. And, and I don't know what, I don't know how that works, but I can be walking my dog down the road. This past week, I was walking my dog down the road, and there was this lady, and she talked to me from around the corner. She's like, hey, hey, I'm coming around. And I was like, okay. 
And she just stood there, and she wanted me to, like, step off the sidewalk so she could walk by. And as soon as she started walking by, by me, my dog was like, you know, like, growling at her. And then, like, I was like, oh, oh, oh. And he just didn't like this lady. I have, and he couldn't understand what she said. Another time, we go into the parking lot, and Joss's friend, who has, like, a bunch of dogs, comes and meets us. And... And my dog ran to her, like jumped in, like licked her all over the place. I'm like, what in the world? Like, how do, how do these animals know who likes them and who doesn't like them? And it, it's, it's really interesting because in my house, the dog doesn't like me. <laughs> the, the dog goes to everybody else before the dog comes to me. But there's something, and if a dog knows how, you know, senses who likes them and who doesn't like them, how much more people, right? And we can say all the right things and do all the right things, but there's like this, this I don't know what it is, spirit that we carry. And, and I believe that as we pray that God's spirit, we invite God's spirit into our hearts and lives so that his spirit comes out and his love comes out and his grace comes out of our lives. But if we don't pray, then that's not there. And we can do all the right stuff, but it, it won't make a difference. So it's real important. The blessing starts with the blessing of heart, but also the blessing of hands. And so I want to share about the blessing of hands, just some of the things that we can do and, and what I envision in the next several weeks leading up to Easter. But God has given us, every single one of us, God has given us specific gifts and specific passions that, we could, that we're very, very good at. Uh, some of us that are a little bit older, there's specific skill sets that we have that, that we've grown into, and God has just blessed certain ones uh, in our body with certain things. And um, there's different kinds of fishing. How many of you are more, uh, how many of you fish, by the way? Like, just raise your hand if you, if you know what fishing is. Raise your hand if you're a fisher, fisher man or fisher woman. How many of you, like, have no idea what fishing is? You know, you've never fished before. Oh, there's more people that have fished. How many of you like diving more than fishing? How many of you like fishing more than diving? So, so I, I like diving more, but my ears are all bust up, so I cannot go diving. But I like diving a little bit more because I'm not just sitting on the land and waiting for something to bite. Like, I can actually look for them and, like, poke them, you know? That's, like, a little bit more my, like, temperament. And, and we, went, um, we went down to Kanaya with the Venturas right before we took Alexis up for college. And, uh, and the boys went both diving and fishing, and they caught fish in both ways. Um, and, you know, you can throw a net and you can catch fish that way. There's a whole bunch of different ways that you can go fishing. The diving is like, it's very rare that you go and you spear two fish at a time. Like, most of the time, it's like one big fish or something. Um, so some of us, we might be a little bit more inclined to reach people one-to-one. -one. Uh, other people, like, they like to put together activities and reach people. Like, Billy Grimm preaches to thousands of people. There's all different ways to reach people for Christ, and every single one of us have different temperaments. I want you to think in your head what, I guess that's the only way to think, right? <laughs> think in your head. Um, but how are the ways that God has used you in the past to reach people? Because some of us just do it without even thinking. But how has God used you to touch people in your life? Has it been in groups? Has it been one-to-one? -one? Has it been like crusades? 
how does God use you? And, and to be comfortable and to be aware of the way that God uses you and then to, to run with uh, the specific skill that he's given you in running. So um, what I want to share this morning is, a, is both of those, but the attitudes behind it. Um, as we approach Easter, we're thinking, you know, when people come, and I believe people are going to come to church because they're hungry for Christ, and as we invite, more people will come. But coming out of this pandemic, I believe that one of the things people are looking for is not a religious organization or a building or whatever, rules. They're looking for love. They're looking for community. They're looking for relationships. And in Hawaii, one of the things that we love to gravitate around is activities and food and and having fun. How many of you enjoy having fun? Like if if fishing was fishing can be fun or fishing can be a job. And for Matt Higa it's a job. But he does it really really well. Um, I would never want to go fishing with him because he stays out for nights on end, uh, 48 hours, no sleep, and it's hard hard work. Not saying that reaching people is not work, but I would never want to go with him. I, I would rather just like throw a pole out, grab some plate lunches, hang out with my friends, talk on my phone. I, I, I'm not into like staying up all night and like pulling fish in. There, I think there's ways to reach Christ, I mean reach people for, for Christ with in the realm of our, I call it our power zone, things that we're very passionate about, very good at, and, and in those things we can influence other people. So in your notes, and I, I think we have different notes, I'm not sure how, how this worked this morning, but um, one of the things in Luke 10 verse 5, it says, but whatever house, everyone say whatever house, whatever house you enter, first say peace to this house. So Pastor Eddie kind of talked about that. Before we go anywhere, we say peace to this house. There has to be something in our hearts that we want peace with the house. Uh, but then it says, whatever house you enter into, God has called us to go to other people, not just tell them to come to where we are. There's an intentionality of going to where people are. Um, in, in the realm of fishing, the term is go where the fish are, right? Um, my son, Caden, he went out with uh, Mackenzie and her friends to Kanai, uh, not Kanai, Kaupo, this past spring break. And uh, he took his, his uh, alu, alua pole, he didn't catch anything. And, and he's, never, he's never caught anything yet with, with his pole because he doesn't go where the fish are. To, to, to fish, you got to go where, where the fish are, right? Uh, Matt, he goes on his boat way past the big island and pulls hundreds of fish into his boat to where the boat is, like, tipping over as it's going into the harbor because there's so much fish in it. But he goes to where the fish are. Uh, so for us, I believe one of the places that the fish are in Hawaii is fun events, like things that we love to do. And we can form relationships with people that don't know Christ through the things that, that we're good at. Um, so one of the things that I'm hoping is that by the time we hit Easter, that we'll have 10 nets, and I call them nets, but 10 
uh, connect groups or activities that are, are uh, headed by anyone, anyone in the church who wants to put them on. So a, a net is like archery. That's a net. Um, my DeFi class, that's a net. Uh, Pastor Eddie's tennis class, that's a net. And so we want to have a list of 10 different activities at least that our church can provide. So anybody who comes in on Easter, if they don't know Christ and, you know, they don't want to go to a discipleship class or, or they don't want to uh, just sit in service, that there's something that they would love to do. And I believe every single person, not every single, yes, yes, I do believe every single person has something that, that you could offer. Like I'm just kind of looking through uh, our congregation and we have archery, we have singing, we have music, we have uh, shooting guns over there. David actually teaches classes on how to sh handle guns well. Um, there's finance, there's tennis. Um, <laughs> my uncle, there's like stealing cars. You can like learn how to steal a car. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Not stealing car. If you need to break into your car because you lost the key, you know, locked your keys in the car and then, or if you lost your keys and then you need to learn how to hotwire a car. My uncle, he could do a connect group on that. <laughs> but there's all different kinds of things that we could offer and say, hey, this is my passion. This is my skill. Could you? I'm just joking, uncle. Don't kill me, okay? <laughs> you know, it's really, uh, see, uh, my uncle, you got to be really, really like, thank you, Jesus, that he got saved. Because if he didn't get saved, he would be the one that you're protecting your children from. Like. <laughs> and so when, when we're reaching out to the lost, keep that in mind. There's a lot of Uncle Byrons all over our community just waiting to be saved. Um, so go, go, go to where the fish are. Many times we wait for people to come to us, but Jesus taught us to go to where people are. We shouldn't only invite people into our lives, but we should meet them in there. So this is a question that I want you to ask yourself this morning. Um, what are the places that you find favor with other people? And where do others invite you into their life? Where are the areas where people invite you into their lives? That's your area of influence. That's your area where, of your passion. Um, build relationships around common interests. So at the end of this service, we're going to give you time to fill out a connect card if you want to, um, because we're, we're just hoping for 10 uh, nets, 10 connect groups that we can put on a, a flyer uh, for Easter that people can jump into if they want to learn something or be a part of a group. It can be hiking, it can be fishing, it can be diving, surfing, uh, whatever it is that, that, that you enjoy and are passionate about. Um, the other thing is go to where the fish are biting. Uh, if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you. Um, identify places where you get along with others and have chemistry. These are the places where Jesus wants to visit. When I read this, for the first time I realized that the disciples, when they went into a place, they weren't trying to change people. They were trying to find people that liked them. They would go to bless. They had that attitude, that, that heart attitude of peace. But if they went with this attitude of peace and just like Hoku, instead of like, you know, I don't know, Hoku growls at certain people, it doesn't, like those people that he growls at, they can do whatever they want and he's not going to change his mind because there's some bad juju between him and those people. 
And for whatever reason, like, you have bad juju too with some people. And you can try really hard to change it. A lot of times it's not going to change. And so what God says is find the people that you get along with. Find the people that there's chemistry with. Find the people that when you put out peace, that there's peace that's reciprocated. And that's the open door to where God wants to work. And so my, my goal like in high school was like I wanted to save all my friends. All the people that didn't want to come to church, I felt it was my job to change their minds and to evangelize them and to, like, you know, twist their arm and, you know, like, oh, how come you don't believe in God? How come this? How come that? And, like, and, and the majority of the time, people would never respond. But the people that I would throw stuff out to and they would respond, those are the ones that God would, would move in and change their lives. Um, I'll close with... so. There's all different kinds of, of ways that we can influence others. Um, but walking through the door where people are responding is one of the, the, the biggest ones. Um, in high school, or in college, um, there, there, was this, uh, there was this guy who um, I didn't like. I didn't like him. Um, because of stuff that happened between him and this girl in our group, and I was just like, I thought he was a jerk. And, uh, and God started dealing with me in my attitude toward this guy. And, um, and, and as I started to um, get to know this guy better, um, he, he started wanting to hang out with me, and he wanted to like, spend time with me, and we started, we started um, developing a relationship that was... Uh, that was centered around Christ. And he didn't know Christ at that time, but slowly he started knowing Christ more and more. And uh, it got to a place in his life where he completely surrendered his life to the Lord. And it wasn't because, you know, I badgered him and it was, he was the one that was almost coming to, to me. And I had to change my attitude toward him. And it, it, he, he later became one of my best friends in, in college. And, um, and toward the end of our relation, or toward the end of uh, being in college together, uh, he went on to be a, a mechanical engineer. And after he became a mechanical engineer, he, he called me one day and he said, I really believe that God has something different for me. I'm, I don't enjoy being a an engineer anymore. And I, I said, what do, you, what do you feel God wants you to do? And he said, I feel God wants me to, to give everything up and go to the Philippines and reach my family in Philippines. And I thought, he just doesn't like his job. <laughs> and he's probably going to go there for like six months and come back. And, and instead, 20 years later, he's still there. And through this whole pandemic, uh, I've been keeping in touch with him and he's been sharing with me how God has used him to reach college students even during this pandemic. And a lot of the foundation and the, uh, the foundation of his faith was laid not through like some crazy, you know, evangelistic whatever, but it was just through a one-to-one -one relationship. And, and as I'm getting closer to God, I'm helping someone else get closer to God too. And there's people like that in all of our lives that are... And I believe there's people like that that are just waiting for us to step through that door. And if we pray, like how Pastor Eddie was saying, if we pray and we say, God, who do you want me to reach? 
it might not be that person that we put down, but because our hearts are being developed and, and God is giving us a heart for the lost, we're going to begin to see all the open doors. And God will send people our way because our hearts are looking for that opportunity. And he'll send people to, into our lives because he knows that we'll be good stewards of that. So that's my prayer for, for myself, for people in our church, for Grace Bible that will be a place that God, when he's moving in people's hearts, he'll say, I can send them there. I can send them into Auntie Michelle's life. I can send them into Auntie Kathy's life. I can send them because I know that they're going to get loved and cared for and discipled in that church. So I think God is doing something great, and we can be a part of it if we open our hearts to that. Amen? Can we all stand and... Well, actually, sit back down. If, let's just pray. We'll, we'll pray, and then if there's a passion that you have, that you believe God can use that passion for reaching others um, through this church. I know everybody can reach people through different ways, but I'm thinking um, one of the ten of these nets, so it can be a cooking class, it can be a gardening class, it can be like just, doesn't have to be a class, it could just gather people that love hunting or gather people that love love animals, or hunting, love killing animals, whatever it is that you love. Um, if you say, God, use my passion, use my area of influence, use my gifting, um, could you fill out the connect card and just say, I want to learn more. This isn't a commitment to start, but we're going to take these cards and have a meeting, um, just share the vision of what this entails and, and what it will look like. Um, but if that's you and you say, hey, this is my passion, this is my area of passion, and I, I want to learn more. I want to hear what you guys, th th this crazy idea of what you guys are planning to do. Um, you can go ahead and fill out that passion that you have or your area of influence on the Connect card, and, um, and we'll have a meeting and get everyone together and just share what we want to do on Easter. So um, let's pray. Let's pray. God, we just thank you, Lord, that you're you're moving in our community. And in the past two years, Lord, you've been shaking things, shaking foundations, uh, shaking ambitions and uh, different things that people lean on and, and set up as the foundation of their life. You've been shaking those things to a point where, where people see that, that they need something that's eternal. And, and God, we thank you that even in our lives, that there's been a shaking in our own lives and that, that you have made us stronger, that you've helped us to see things through a, a perspective that is eternal. And God, thank you so much that, that through this whole uh, season that you've strengthened your church to be a light, that you've strengthened your church to, to, to show your love to our community. And God, is, uh, even as there's seasons in, in uh, fishing and uh, seasons of harvest, uh, Lord, we believe that, that you're doing something in our community. And we we want to be a part of that harvest. We want to be a part of, of you changing lives and, and you um, working in people's hearts and seeing transformations of families and destinies. And, and we want to be a part of the things that are eternal. Uh, God, I just pray for uh, each one here that, that you would use us individually and collectively as a church to see people who don't know you come to know you as their personal savior 
and experience the kingdom of God in their lives. Lord, we surrender to you. And even as you said, pray the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into the harvest field because the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few. God, we, we ask that you would send laborers into this harvest. God, we, we, we surrender to you and we ask that you would send us. And God, we make ourselves available to you. Work in and through our lives. We ask this in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. That's it. So if you guys wanna if you guys wanna fill out a card or, or think about it, pray about it, come back and fill out a card next week. Go ahead. A hundred percent of the the tithe that comes in this week, we're gonna be sending to Ukraine. Um, I don't know if you've been following what's been going on there, but we have three churches in Ukraine, every nation, and uh, they've been doing an amazing job of being a light there. And so God has blessed us. God has blessed you tremendously being in a, a, a safe place, a blessed place like Hawaii. And so we want to partner with those who are in the heat and in the middle of a, a war uh, to, to be a light. So um, pray about how much God would want you to give to that. And, and we're going to be sending that over to them this week. God bless and have a great week.